Welcome to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show. Dell challenges the status quo, questions everything, and empowers you to return to your core beliefs to make your life better. If you're ready to hear the truth and get your roadmap to the lifestyle you really want, the next hour will change your life. And now your host, self-made millionaire, national award-winning investor of the year, CEO and founder of Lifestyles Unlimited, Dell Wamsley. Welcome to the Del Wamsley Radio Show, where the hype ends and the help begins. I'm your host, Del Wamsley, and as always, we're working on your financial freedom. Today is Tell Dell Tuesday, and with us here today from Austin, Texas, is Carl Floto and Ruth Ann, oh, sorry, Widmeyer. And um, they've come to share their story with us today. Welcome, guys. Hey. Hey, Dale. How are you? Good. Is Ruth Ann there? Hi, Dale. Hi, Ruth Ann. I am. So, uh, guys, I, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but... I'm, Going through your bio, I was really struck by the first paragraph, um, and it because you guys sound so happy by the end of the the bio, you know, and everything was great, but it, it sounded so dark at the beginning of the bio. I want you, if you could, if you don't mind, share with us what it is like to be at that moment in your life, at that age, that stuff was going sideways and how you felt and does it just how bleak you can feel at that some point in your life like that. It was a really, um, really dark time for us, Del. Um, you know, we had, we're both, you know, coming out of divorces that were pretty disastrous. I mean, obviously emotionally, psychologically disastrous, but um, also there was a lot of financial wreckage. Um, and we met each other, we found each other. Um, and when, you know, we kind of, brought our, our, ourselves and our kids together, we started thinking about our financial future. And honestly, um, initially, we were really just looking for some sort of stability. The idea that we could ever really kind of prosper and thrive um, was almost kind of beyond imagination. We really just wanted stability. Um, and that was pretty defeating, you know, when you're well into your career and, you know, you've got kids that are college age. And all you're thinking about is, you know, within a few years, you've got to be ready to go for retirement. You have to have something, um, you know, to to get through those final years of your life. So it was pretty discouraging. Carl, how about you? What what was going on in your life at the time? Yeah, same thing. I mean, um, financial wreckage, uh, done a lot of stupid things, even though I'm a quote-unquote smart accountant slash CPA, uh, lost, you know, just I wake up and I'm 45 years old. I have nothing in the bank, essentially. And um, the the retirement picture is totally blank. I mean, we are starting beyond, you know, in a negative amount. Uh, we don't even have zero, essentially. Uh, we met with uh, our kind of 401k guy and that kind of confirmed, dude, you're out of time. I mean, there is, there's no way you can... You, you don't have time to get rich slow. That's a slap in the face. That's pretty bleak. You go to your financial advisor, he goes, just kill yourself. It's too late. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty. I mean, financially, uh, we we were we were on our feet once we got together, and uh, yet the baggage was a pretty uh, heavy anchor. And, um, 
you know, all this time I'm working my two jobs. I'm driving home at night. I'm hearing this guy named Dale Wamsley on the radio talk about real estate. And, uh, you know, I do that for two years. And I go, all of this sounds, I, I get it. I understand it. I've had tax clients with rental property. All this stuff that he talks about makes total sense to me. And I thought, what is this Lifestyles Unlimited group? And after listening to the radio for two years, I just thought, this thing's really legit. There's something to it. I started asking around. I found a couple people at church that knew something about it. And bingo, before you know it, I go to a I get invited to a case study on a Thursday night, and now we're off to the races. When were you uh, dabbling around with Dave Ramsey? Was that uh, before Lifestyles or after or even before it was you? Actually, it was actually before Lifestyles, and it's something that, um, and it's funny, it, I always feel like it's kind of this ongoing joke um, in Lifestyles. Because obviously Dave Ramsey is a really, you know, different approach and different strategy. But it was part of our story. It really was part of how we stabilized ourselves. Um, you know, we repaired our credit. We um, we got out of, you know, we stopped using consumer debt. Um, and, you know, also just really started living within our means. And some of those just kind of foundational approaches is what, within, you know, short order really set us up so that once we, you know, kind of learned the lifestyle approach, we could start to um, use debt to our advantage. So it's part of our story. And um, actually, we became um, facilitators through our church and, um, you know, helped helped others kind of um, write their financial um, ship as well. Uh, According to this bio here, he went to the two-day by himself the first time he went? How hard was that listening to him after he got home from that, huh? Yeah, um, it was. It kind of, you know, thankfully, um, he did have more information. You know, he he came back and he had this, you know, a workbook and could kind of walk me through some things. Um, He asked me, he said that, you know, that there was going to be one of the bus tours out of San Antonio. And so we went down to San Antonio and we did the bus tour. So we toured some single family homes and, you know, saw the vendors and talked to some people. Um, And so that helped. And we were um, attempting, you know, he was attempting to even kind of uh, purchase, uh, you know, make our first single family purchase. Um, But I really removed myself from the decision making. I hadn't heard things firsthand. I didn't really understand kind of the analysis um, and the process. Um, and so I think he just was was super apprehensive to move forward without having me as a partner in the decision making. Really felt, you know, again going back to the idea that we really were going to be really safe and cautious with our decision making. Um, he just didn't feel good about making that decision on his own. And so, you know, we, uh, you know, he was looking at his initial property, was about to make an offer on it, and and then he, you know, basically, you know, we. He just kind of backed off of that, and he said, I really want you to go to the two-day so that you can hear what I heard, and that way we're really collaborating in the decision-making process. I said, okay, how can I say no? It makes sense, Ruthann, because if you both going through divorces, you obviously have learned something about relationships. And he obviously had the decision in mind that it wasn't worth ruining another relationship 
just to go do something he himself wanted to do. So that's that's probably a good point right there for him uh, to have done that. But once he got you to go, mm-hmm. what was the aha moments? Because it's, it's, it says here in the bio that once you came out of it, you were all guns ho. Uh, what was the aha moments that caught you? I think a couple of things. One of the things that made a big impression on me during the two-day was the number of people that come back to the two-day experience that are in the process, that are actively investing, um, and they're telling their stories. Um, And you're invited to ask as many questions as you want, and you're talking to real people um, that are that are making these decisions and that are, you know, investing their money in this way. And, and they're, they're telling you what the difficulties were, what the challenges were, but also what the successes are that they're having. Um, so it, it created a certain legitimacy. And that's one of the things that actually is one of my favorite things about lifestyles is that transparency in, in sharing of information. That's what, really and truly um, is what won me over is it wasn't just a one-way conversation. There wasn't a salesperson, so to speak, trying to pitch me on um, an investment strategy. It really felt like a collection of people, a group of people that were all trying to learn from each other um, and, and then turn around and share what they had learned. That was really impressive. So that, I'm going to ask you another question then, because what I'm hearing from you uh, is that you're you're people person, people driven person. That people mean more to you than information and facts. Uh, and so, as a teacher, comment if you don't mind on the fact that most people that come out of the two day have the same comment. It's like drinking water out of a fire hose. It's just way too much information. What's your thought on that? after going through it, being a teacher? That's kind of interesting. Um, That's an interesting question. Um, I didn't find the content to be particularly overwhelming. In fact, I felt like, and I think this is a hallmark of a great teacher, is actually taking really kind of complicated thinking and, and creating some structures on top of it, some principles by which you operate. And so I felt like as you, as I went through, you know, the first day talking about single family, I went to the second day talking about multifamily, I understood the guiding principle. Um, and then, you know, threaded throughout the, each of those days were, were case studies. I mean, it's, it's, it's an example of great lesson design, right? Big overarching concepts and principles that's going to guide our decision making. And then let's practice it. Let's apply it um, with these case studies. So that really anchored the learning for me. Um, and so I didn't come out. Um, I think I understood, once I understood the principles, I knew the rest of the details would come. All right, great. We're going to do a break again. We'll be right back with Carl, Ruth, Ann, and the Del Wamsley Radio Show. Wamsley on the economy and politics. What happens if the economy turns around and goes back down now the Democrats are in power or inflation becomes rampant? 
and all of a sudden it becomes very difficult to do business. I was listening to an economist the other day and he pulled out this chart of GDP. He said, look, here's what I want you to do. He said, tell me anywhere from 1950 to 2021 where the Democrats took power and where the Republicans took power. He said, point it out for me. And the truth of the matter is you can't tell. If you're sitting on the sidelines waiting to see what the politicians are going to do or waiting to see what the economy is going to do, if you're trying to predict the future, stop. Politicians and the economy have no bearing on your success or failure. Only you do. Register for the next live online free workshop. We'll unfold the map to retirement in five years or less, regardless of what's going on in the world. It's the same proven strategies we've been using for 30 years through every political party and economic cycle you can think of. Register at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com. Welcome back. Now here's some more unconventional wisdom to set you free from the man on a mission to retire America, one person at a time, Del Wamsley. Welcome back to Del Wamsley Radio Show. With me here today on Tell Del Tuesday is Carl Flodo and Ruth Ann Weidner. There we go. Thank you. Um, let's talk about you came out of the two-day. You guys struck very quickly after that. Did you go home and make up a plan right then and there, or you just had Carl's plan in place and you just decided to say yes to it and go? We had a little bit of money set aside um, for Carl's <clears throat> initial plan, right? So that's what we were we were going to execute. And so, um, in fact, we finished the two-day, and within 12 hours, the, you know, as soon as we got a, um, you know, an email blast with a, an appealing look at um, looking property, we we tagged it and we ended up closing on it. One of the challenges that I, I walked away from the two-day with was um, the idea of using some of the equity in our house to maybe be a little bit more aggressive in our investment strategy. And I have to say that was probably a, one of the most difficult decisions um, was to pull some of that equity out of our personal home in order to do some more aggressive investing. So that was kind of the the, the two decisions that happened right after the the two day was to number one just make a move, right? Tag a property, um, purchase it, you know, purchase our first rental, and then secondly, making that decision. Um, that if we're going to do this, let's follow the plan and let's let's really do it right. Yeah, I, that's that's a tough one for a lot of people. Fortunately for me, that was never a tough one because I never had I never fell in love with my home. First of all, that's part of it. Secondly, it never really it always got me. Why is all this money sitting over here and it's not paying me any money every month? As long as you just keep in mind, what is my what are my assets doing for me? Are they sending me a check this month, or are they just sitting there? Or am I paying them? And in the case of the house, you're paying it. In the case of the four hundred one k, you're putting money into it. Everything you have that you think is an asset is sucking money out of your wallet every month instead of putting money back into your wallet every month. And that's the basis for all of that turnaround. Once you got that, you got it. So you ran out and got a deal right away. Did you get rented up right away? Um, it was actually um, one of the reasons I loved the property is it was it already had a tenant in it, and it had um, a single mom school teacher. And um, <laughs> you know, so not only do the numbers work, um, did the numbers work, um, it needed some um, repair, but it wasn't 
you know, so there was some equity capture that was available there, but it wasn't a super extensive repair. But for some reason, that really resonated with me. Um, being able, having been a single mom, um, you know, classroom teacher for a number of years, and knowing, you know, and struggling to find a nice place to live with my daughter, um, it really resonated with me. So to be able to come alongside this um, this wonderful lady and fix up her property um, was really kind of a great way to launch our um, our investments. So you got not only a financial gain, but you got some social justice out of it all. We sure did. We actually, um, that's been a, a, a fun um, little benefit along the way, too. Didn't, that was unexpected. There's been a lot of that. So let's talk about the first rent check that comes in the mail. How does that feel? Well, uh, obviously quite good. Um, it's, you know, you can't go, oh, okay, well, this this actually is working. But, um, you know, I guess the you know, the whole process of buying, doing a little bit of rehab, do, doing a double close, and finally closing into a permanent loan. You, you know, this first house, our cash out of pocket was 14512 and our equity capture was uh, 15343 So I was like, wow, uh, wow this, is, this is awesome. Let's do some more e- Even that. an accountant can figure that one out to be 100% yeah. return. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it was, uh, you know, it's just exciting. It's uh, it's very intoxicating, so to speak. I mean, it's like, okay, that was cool, and it was fun, and it was financially rewarding. Um, you know, within a couple, you know, two months later, where uh, we actually do a double uh, close on two two properties at the same time, which is pretty amazing. Wow. So in this first one you made how much now? Eighteen thousand? Um, well our, our cash out of pocket was fourteen five. Our unrealized capital gain was fifteen three forty three. Fifteen. Okay. Uh we just sold it um this past October because the national cash buyer came along with a gigantic checkbook, and we, uh, bottom line is, we netted sixty grand out of the deal. So our cash out of pocket was fourteen five, collected rent all along, uh, and we put sixty grand in our pocket uh, when we we're all said and done. I was just putting a radio show together about how much money the average person makes, and the average person in this country makes about $45,000 a year. I'm sure, you know, being a teacher and so forth, that's probably in the range of somewhat. Mm -hmm. But to make $60,000 in one deal has got to be an eye-opener, you know, that, hey, I can make as much in one deal as I made in a whole year of work. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's fascinating. And and at the same time, you know, you've got this, um, you know, this cash flow. So, you know, and it's, it's interesting as you, you know, start to, you know, realize that, you know, we're making, you know, it, and one of our kind of strategies has really been to go after equity capture. Um, we we both really like our jobs. We know we're going to continue to work for a while. So the idea is we really want to do a big equity capture, but we want to make sure that everything that we buy has positive cash flow. And so even not focusing on cash flow we're still, you know, in our first six properties, you know, we're 
you know, making $21,000 a year um, on these properties. And so $21,000 a year when you work for a nonprofit and you're a teacher, that's some, you know, that makes a real difference in your lifestyle. Absolutely. Carl, as an accountant, I'll, I'll tell you how I saw the, the cash flow thing. Maybe you can relate to this in some small manner. I saw that I worked for a health club company called Bally Manufacturer, and we sold about $100,000 a week in memberships. So I was doing about half a million dollars a month for these guys. And I'd turn that money into them each week. At the end of the week, we'd give them all of our money and so forth, turn it in. And then, you know, at the end of the month, a, a check would come down and you know, they took all that money and 500 grand I gave them, they gave me back $3,500 and that was my check. And you know, you just wonder where all the rest of the money go, right? So then right. my first two months of being in this, I, I bought four houses at the same time. One that I bought three more the next day because it was so exciting. And I had $800 a month positive cash flow. And I realized, do you realize, Dell, in just two weeks, you've created one quarter of your total income replaced mm-hmm. one quarter and I just couldn't believe the checks would come in the mail Carl and they were mine I go what do I do with this now do I turn this in and does the company take some taxes where do I pay my taxes at on this all those things ran through my head do I have to pay social security and medicare do I have to pay income tax and it was no you stick the check in the bank and it just blew my mind I just could not see how money could come so easily like that that's how I felt about cash flow being an accountant by trade, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not. I'm an accountant by trade. We spent about 105000 investing in six different properties. And uh, that was all 2018. And by the, the end of 2021, we have cashed out via sales and or refinanced almost 290000 And we still have three properties left. So that's kind of if we've turned... Uh, you know, our little 105 into almost 300,000. Over about a three-year period of time, looks like about a 100% a year to me. That's unbelievable, actually. It's been pretty pretty great, pretty amazing. Yeah, that's, you know, I, I look at real estate as, you know, producing about 30% a year overall. But if you've got that kind, that's about 300% return in what I'd say, is about three years, a little longer maybe. Depends on when you started. Yeah. But that's and we a, still we we still have um, you know ongoing cash flow. We still own the three. We're buying. You know we we actually just bought another property. We're we're in the hunt for more properties. So um, and everything is still cash flowing great. Twenty twenty one was obviously a good year if you own real estate. Um, we sold a couple properties uh, just because uh, somebody from New York was throwing around crazy cash, and we were able to refinance two of our properties that, uh, you know, the appreciation's gone crazy up. So let's refinance and uh, do some more work. Excellent. So what's your plan from here? Same song, second verse. We're having too much fun. Um, you know, we like to add a couple single families uh, a year uh, from our out of cash flow, so to speak. We've been, we're involved with now three multifamilies. So in a, you know, small little bit. So we'll try to add another piece or two of uh, multifamily each year. So just kind of keep doing this. Um, this uh, probably work for, you know, 
stay in our W-2 incomes for uh, two or three, four years just because the cash flow is great and uh, sock it away in real estate. I think you said you enjoyed your jobs anyway. Um, one of the things that I found is as I got into this and started making money is that even the job that I particularly, parts of the job that I particularly didn't like became easier because I no longer worried about them. Does that make any sense? Oh, we can very much relate to that. Yeah, it, it, um, it, there's a really, there's a mental shift that happens when you know that you always have the option of walking away from your job, that you're yep. choosing to be there every day because you enjoy it. It's, you know, enhancing your lifestyle, but that if push came to shove, you could walk away. That's exactly what I meant. Yeah, it's a great thing. And, and, and three years ago, you know, we, we weren't in that position. Let's talk about legacy, yeah. to give back. When does that start, and where does it start at? Well, I mean, I think a couple of places in a couple of ways. For you know, one, we, um, you know, like I said previously, you know, we have pretty modest W two incomes, and so, um, you know, we we like to give. It's part of you know what we've founded our our marriage on is 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 giving <laughs> giving away some of our wealth to the extent that we can. Um, but it's really exciting to be able to to make choices, um, you know, for charitable giving. Um, we have found it just so fun to be generous in that regard. Um, it's really, you know, allowed us to to do some things that um, that we hadn't been able to do previously. So that's exciting. Um, and then we're really excited about, um, you know, helping our adult children. Um, be better money managers than we were and learn how to grow wealth instead of just kind of stumbling along, presuming that everything will work out okay. So that's our, those are kind of our two, you know, big picture goals is to um, keep, keep our, keep, you know, sustain that charitable giving and then um, start working with our own children. Has any of the five kids shown any interest yet? They have, you know, it's interesting. Um, the deaf, you know, we have one of our um, our son-in-law is involved in um, campus ministry, and so you know, he and his wife again really living um, frugally. They have a very very modest income given the work, um, given the field that you know they're involved in, and so they recognize that in order to pursue their calling and to continue to do that work. Um, they, you know, want to be able to set themselves up, um, kind of liberate themselves to do the work that they feel called to do. So we're excited about um, helping him navigate that. And I think he's definitely shown the greatest interest so far. That's great. It, it really is fun to help the children. I, I appreciate that. We just, uh, a year ago, not one of our three kids had a house, and now all three of them have a house in the last one year along with a little baby in the bun in the oven. So things are moving along. I think, you know, it's interesting. I think our um, two, well, definitely our youngest um, is also really interested. And I think because she's had um, really a front row seat to what we've been doing. You know, she was still in the house when we started the process. She was um, around, you know, when we were going to um, all of our first lifestyle events and coming home. And so we kind of talked to her about what we were learning and what we were doing. And so she's had that front row seat. And um, so this is the, the one that just graduated and is 
has her first, uh, you know, big girl job. So um, I'm sure <laughs> she's already talking about when she can buy her first property. That's great. Now I got to ask you one more question. This is the last one, and uh, it's uh, I left it to last. It's always the fun one for me. Anybody out there give you a hard time for doing this? Family, friends, work acquaintances, anybody say, what the heck are you doing? Yes. Um, what jumps into my head is my parents. Very skeptical. Um, yeah. They, you know, be, they made sure to say, oh, back in, I don't know, you know, decades ago, we bought a piece of commercial property and X, Y, and Z happened. And um, I got you. Know, you. Hey, guys, of, thanks lots- for coming on, guys. I appreciate you sharing your story. Rest of you out there, remember this is not the money, it's the lifestyle. Have a wonderful day. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, teaching you the opposite of everything you've been taught so you can obtain the results you've never obtained. Join us seven days a week. Can't get enough? Visit DellOnTheRadio.com to listen to the Dell Wamsley Radio Show, access past show podcasts, and join the conversation. The information and opinions you hear on the Del Wamsley Radio Show are those of the host, Del Wamsley, his guests, and his callers, and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Del Wamsley Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Del Wamsley Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.